Good evening. It's uh, October 1st, actually. the uh, start of the new fiscal year for the federal government. Um, uh, it's just another day for the rest of us. Uh, um, first day of the month of October uh, here in Palo, Kansas. Uh, still summertime, but it looks like uh, we may be getting some fall temperatures ahead. Uh, episode 3 of the Snake River Lib. Uh, for further information, I'm going to be moving uh, on the rim elsewhere. Um, focusing right now a little bit on uh, political views uh, for a little bit. We're going to be doing some civics uh, education here on the lib. Uh, try to explain a few things right now that are going on. Get a little bit more in depth, especially on some things that are happening. A lot of people may not fully understand them. And so we're going to talk about it. Maybe it might be a little bit humorous to you or not. Uh, obviously, it's going to depend upon your per political persuasion. Uh, today, we're going to talk about impeachment. It's been on the news oh, pretty much since the day that uh, uh, candidate Trump was elected president. Uh, but we're going to talk about uh, uh, what's going on right now. But before we do that, we need to kind of understand what it is. Um, impeachment is a tool that's built into the United States Constitution uh, for removing members of the executive and judicial branches of government. Um, it's the legislature's check on the executive and the judicial branches. You know, that whole checks and balances thing uh, between the three branches of the government, um, not the three branches of the legislature, uh, hashtag AOC, but the three branches of government. Um, this is important to remember because when you hear members of Congress whining about judges being partisan or being activist or whatever, and by the way, this is a a bipartisan issue. All members of Congress are all unhappy about judges at one time or another, um, that they actually have a way to deal with that. If they don't care for what judges are, are ruling, they can certainly do something about that. Uh, they can impeach them. Um, um, impeachment starts, it is a political process, and it starts in the House of Representatives. Uh, the House of Representatives uh, does an investigation, supposedly, um, unless the handwriting's already on the wall like it is with President Trump. They'll fake an investigation with him, but they'll go do an investigation, and then they will vote. Um, I, the level, what what rises the level of impeachment is not clearly defined in the Constitution uh, to bring articles of impeachment. However, the definition in the Constitution is uh, high crimes and misdemeanors. So uh, in the, the history of the United States, only two presidents have been impeached. Uh, President Clinton most recently was impeached uh, for lying under oath, which was a felony. Um, the other president was President Andrew Johnson, who was uh, Abraham Lincoln's successor. He was impeached, essentially, for being sympathetic to uh, Southern whites after the Civil War. Um, both of them were impeached. President Nixon was not impeached, uh, contrary to what many people may say, uh, though likely he would have been had he not resigned. Um, both of these presidents were impeached, but they were not convicted. Uh, con conviction or the trial comes next. And impeachment is the only, only the beginning. If the House votes, which is a simple majority, to impeach, uh, um, then the trial goes over to the Senate. 
or the articles go over to the Senate where a trial is held. Um, for every member of the executive or judicial branch, except for the president, uh, the vice president, and his ro constitutional role as president of the Senate presides over the trial. In the case of the president of the United States, the chief justice of the Supreme Court presides. So my question uh, was, after doing a quick search while I was uh, planning this podcast and blog out, was who presides if it is the vice president being impeached? I really didn't get a clear answer for that, but uh, I'm going to continue to research it, and I'll uh, let you know if I do find that answer. Um, this actually could be a, a, an issue coming up right now with uh, the way Democrats are towards the president. Um, but be that as it may, so what happens is that if after the trial, um, both sides present their cases, um, and then there's a vote, and it requires a two-thirds majority uh, in the Senate to convict um, whoever has been impeached. If they are convicted, the president or whomever it is, is removed from office, and they are no longer eligible for any federal office. In the case of the president, the vice president would then take over. So is that clear enough as far as what impeachment actually does? Andrew Johnson, even though he was impeached but not convicted, he was finished as a president. Um, impeachment did him in. President Clinton, however, was towards the end of his second term. Um, he had already actually accomplished enough, and he was still enormously popular. Uh, most people uh, thought that impeachment trial was about sex. It was not. Again, it was lying under oath. Uh, um, not about sex. I mean, he lied about sex, but it was actually hit lying under oath. He lost his law license, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but he was still very popular, and they actually accomplished a lot. Uh, the Republicans and President Clinton did during his second term in office. Uh, this is very important right now because Congress has not been working with the president. Um, so all of this certainly used to be common knowledge just a few decades ago uh, when they taught civics fully in high school and even middle school and, and elementary school where you had a basic understanding of the Constitution I'll never forget when I was uh, in middle school or junior high, as it was at the time, and we actually did a reenactment of the Dred Scott trial. We'll talk about that at another time, but, you know, things like that where you actually learn um, the civics uh, so that you understand how your government is supposed to work. Very important. It's too bad. That's why I'm doing this podcast, and I'll be doing other podcasts along this line as well to, to provide whatever my point of view is worth, uh, if you want to listen. Um, so let's talk about the impeachment that's at hand, uh, the proposed, uh, well, the impeachment inquiry of President Trump. You know, the president, uh, the Democrats have actually been talking about impeachment since the day after he was elected, and so it's not like a new tune. In fact, um, uh, it's an old tune that's pretty much worn itself out. People are getting tired of hearing they're going to impeach him because of this. They're going to impeach him because of that. They've, you know, they've been hearing and hearing and hearing, and I think they're getting kind of tired of it. And every time, there's always a smoking gun, but there's not. 
And it appears that maybe there's not going to be this time either. But anyway, Speaker Pelosi announced that she was launching the inquiry regarding um, um, an alleged phone call and a whistleblower account of a phone call between the president and and the prime minister of Ukraine. Um, uh, she launched the inquiry before the transcripts were revealed. Uh, and, of course, once they were uh, uh, revealed is another nothing burger, as usual. No surprise. Um, however, however uh, Representative Adam Schiff for Brains, a Democrat of California, went so far as to open his inquiry hearing by lying about the transcript. He made up this whole phony transcript. Now, he said it was a parody, and it very well may have been, except for here's the thing, and this is what really bothered me about what Schiff did, is... That parody is now on the congressional record. And who's to say that years from now, when people go back and review, they'll say, well, why didn't they impeach or why didn't they convict based on this statement by the chairman of the committee? Okay, so so here it is, a broken record. Um, you know, they, if they're going to go through their act, they've got the votes, you know, they control they control the House. They can do that. But I understand that they're planning on fast-tracking a vote for December. Um, there's no delaying tactics uh, available for the Republicans. So if, they're commi- if, if they want to do it, they could do it tomorrow. Um, they do want to try to build some sort of consensus uh, um, for impeachment. That's why they, um, it's so important they went back... Uh, back to their districts for the next couple of weeks, especially those districts that were uh, won by President Trump in 2016. Those Democrats that won in 2018 are especially vulnerable, and they do not want to have to go on record as as voting for this uh, impeachment with a presidential election coming up next year. Um, People will say, well, here we go again. It's another just another impeachment fiasco. But it's important for them to get it done by the end of this year, and here's why. And it's three letters. R-B-G, as in the notorious R-B-G, or Ruth Buzzy Ginsburg, uh, the oldest uh, sitting associate justice of the Supreme Court, certainly the most liberal. I mean, yes, she is principled. She was great friends with uh, the late Justice Scalia, uh, so no question, she was principled. Uh, she's a very hardcore progressive. Um, she's old. She's frail. She's a cancer survivor many times over. Um, and the worst nightmare for progressives um, is that President Trump will get another opportunity to nominate a Supreme Court justice uh, to tilt the scales on on the Supreme uh, to six to three, assuming that the unreliable. Uh, Chief Justice Roberts can be counted as a conservative. Uh, just as a point, which I neglect to mention, I use the term progressive instead of liberal because liberal, an old-fashioned liberal, is more like a libertarian. Um, they believe that people have rights and such like that. Uh, progressives do not. They don't. They don't believe in the concept of rights except for what is granted by the government. Uh, liberals and libertarians believe that rights are not granted by government, they're protected by government. Uh, just just aside. So the Democrats want to put the president in the position of not legitimately being in the 
being able to appoint anyone, let alone a Supreme Court justice, by being an impeached president. Of course, regardless of whether he's impeached or not, until he is convicted, he is still president, and he still has all the authority of the office. However, the appearances are what they are. Um, but he can still nominate judges or a justice of the Supreme Court if, if the opportunity comes about. So what happens to this trial in the Senate? Um, does the Senate have to take it up immediately? Well, they could or not. I don't think that there's necessarily a requirement for it. It's all up to the Senate Majority Leader, uh, Senator Mitch McConnell, though it is very likely to be in the president's interest to not let it wait. It is an election year for the president, and to have have that trial sitting there just gives uh, uh, just gives ammunition to the Democrats about how the president should not even be able to run. So better to get the trial over with and done, uh, let it go. Um, uh, is there likely to be a conviction? Well, in uh, you know who knows. A lot could change between now and then. Well, there may not even be an impeachment. Even if there's an impeachment, there could be a conviction. I'm not saying that there's not. A lot could change between now and then. Um, President Clinton, when he was impeached, he did. Uh, even the GOP majority in the Senate at the time did not vote uh, solidly against against him. There was not even a majority vote to convict in the Senate against President Clinton. I suspect uh, um, there could be a majority vote against President Trump, even though Republicans are in the majority. But I do not see at this point a way that Republicans will abandon the president to give a two-thirds majority to convict. I, I just don't see it. So, so putting that aside, what about a Biden rule in the event of a, a justice, Supreme Court justice nomination? Well, you know, so I, I call it the Biden rule. Remember the Biden rule? We talked about this in, or in 2016. Um, um, uh, Merrick Garland, who President Obama nominated, never intended to sit on the Supreme Court. He was just used to, uh, to throw mud at the Republicans who were controlling the Senate at the time. Um, um, the whole thing behind the Biden rule is that the Senate will not consider a Supreme Court nominee during the year of a presidential election. Uh, it's called a Biden rule because when Joe Biden was sitting, it was Senator Biden, then Senator Biden was sitting as the as the chairman of the Judiciary Committee back in 1992. He said that he would not consider any of George President George H. W. Bush's nominees if there was the opportunity to nominate to the Supreme Court. Uh, that he would not consider a nominee in that year because it was a presidential election year, and so so that was that was why it's now known today as the Biden rule, in spite of everyone's attempt to the contrary to make it seem like it's just Republicans uh, being jerks. Um, Joe Biden was the one that that set the precedent for it. Uh, Senator Mitch McConnell in 2016 just followed the precedent. In 2020, if something were to happen to to uh, Justice Ginsburg or any other Supreme Court justice, if there was a nomination that needed to be made and the president nominated somebody, there's a big difference. In 1992 and 2016, 
you had the president of a party and you had the Senate being controlled by the opposition party. And so, of course, the Senate is not dictated to by the White House. The legislature is its own thing. They do not have to act immediately on anything that is given to them. Um, this is very important. This is very important to understand because because they just don't have to do it. And so, so um, if there was an opposition party, if the Democrats were in control of the Senate, obviously they could say, well, Mr. President, we're not going to consider your nominee because it's a presidential election here and it's a Biden rule. But because in 2020, the Senate will control, the Senate is controlled by the Republicans. White House is also controlled by the Republicans. There's no Biden rule at play here. But speaking of Biden, it's very important because he is really going to be the big loser in the impeachment debacle, well, besides the United States. Um, he bragged back in 2018 about threatening to withhold a billion dollars to Ukraine if they didn't fire a prosecutor that was seeking out corruption that may have, may have, just key, may have impacted a corporation that his son sat on the board of. This is a quid pro quo, even if there was no direct evidence at the time of hunting out corruption in that corporation. It is simply the appearance of it. There are an awful lot of people that could just stand to lose from an impeachment uh, a conviction hearing trial in the Senate. And why is that? Well, it's real simple. When it goes to trial in the Senate, for the first time in all of this mess, the president and his attorneys will have subpoena power. They will be able to present a defense. They will be able to have subpoena power for evidence and for witnesses. And that is a long list of people that probably do not want to plead the fifth in front of the nation after proclaiming themselves paragons of honesty. Jim Comey, Andrew McCabe, Peter Strzok, Hillary Clinton. We can go on. How about the Clinton Foundation? Wow, you want to talk about quid pro quo and, and foreign money raising. Can you imagine the Clinton Foundation being having to uh, be dragged into that? They certainly would be. Can you imagine all the other people dragged in? That would really be bad. And it would be really bad, actually, for the, us as a nation. Um, I mean, we are divided right now. The president, um, well, we'll talk about it in a second. You know, impeachment, uh, we're the big losers. Impeachment means that there's any chance of getting anything done is gone. You know, well, we won't have any budget again. By the way, that's since 2010, so we'll be we'll be a, a whole decade without actually passing a budget in regular form, uh, which is disastrous, by the way, for agencies uh, trying to plan ahead. And and right now, all we're doing is we're just using the card. Nobody really is even paying attention to what's being spent. You know, the the clock, the debt clock, just keeps rolling. Well, it's important that none of these things, uh, uh, well, it's likely none of these things would get done anyway. Here are some things that certainly won't get done with impeachment. 
immigration reform of any kind. We're desperately in need of having to do something about that, addressing all the issues that came up. We cannot simply continue to do it by executive fiat or by the lack of enforcement of this law or that law or the other. Um, Social Security reform, by the way, we're, we're less than 20 years now from Social Security being insolvent, um, which if you're, you know, if you're 70 now, that, you know, that's probably not going to have that much of an impact on you. But if you're, if you're less than 50 years old, that is going to be a problem. Uh, Medicare reform, it's the same thing. Um, every day that we don't do something, it costs millions and hundreds of millions of dollars to fix. Uh, Health care uh, cost relief, uh, fixing the affordable part of the Affordable Care Act. Oh, and most importantly, and most recently in the news, gun control. Uh, not that we should fit, have gun control. I don't believe we should. Um, um, but I think we need to address it. Maybe do something about those 20,000 laws that are on the books that are not being enforced, that, that people who have been rounded up who should not have guns but are found with guns are not being tried, prosecuted, and sent to prison simply for possessing a firearm. If we did more of that, there would be less crime on the street today. This list could go on and on, but I think that the point uh, needs the point that things that need to be done will not be done as has been made. While the impeachment has been a short-term win- uh, winner financially for the Trump 2020 campaign, I think that I think that the Democrats are handing the president the victory short of anything that we don't know about at this time. It is not a winner for the country. The president uh, retweeted something from uh, the pastor, Robert Jeffers, a big mega church in Texas, that he stated that a civil war is coming. He referred to it as a cold civil war. I'm not sure that it is. We're already seeing a lot of violence, a lot of protests that turn into violence in the streets. I mean, there are some days where that doesn't look a whole lot different from the protests in, in, in Hong Kong, where somebody actually was just shot just tonight. Um, people are freaked out, on, freaked out on the concept of a civil war. They don't understand that it really is there. I admit I have said this for years, that a civil war is coming. The only reason that we haven't been at this point now is because we are not geographically fractured like we were in 1860. Think about that for a moment. In 1860, the lines were well drawn because of where slavery was and where slavery wasn't. Today, while you can look at a map and see uh, red everywhere with little enclaves of blue, there's no way that the country could be divided in such a way as to keep people, the blue people, blue state people on one side. You could do it generally, but what about places like Denver and, and uh, uh, the big cities in Texas and Chicago and, you know, and Illinois and such? I mean, you've got all these blue cities that are surrounded by red, red, red. You know, how do you deal with that? Uh, that's why I think that we've not actually reached the point of a civil war or a fracture of the country. Uh, impeachment has hardened support for the president. 
but it has hardened the uh, support for demanding that something be done. Uh, Trump derangement sin- syndrome is is running amok amongst the left, amongst politicians who who against their better judgment. Nancy Pelosi is a shrewd politician, but and I think she was forced into this impeachment inquiry. Um, against her better judgment, because she knows what happens back in '98 uh, to Newt Gingrich. In the middle, uh, between those two ends, is either drawn to either side, or they just hunker down in what is soon to become a no man's land, and that place will soon be uninhabitable politically. So this is a Snake River Lib and uh, broadcast number three. And just don't forget, uh, taxation is theft. We'll talk about that another time. Thank you very much.